Welcome to the second episode of The Elaine Show. That is Explain Like an Idiot Needs Explaining. I am Justin Spector, and I am the idiot uh, who needs things explained to him. So that is how to regularly schedule a podcast. This is episode two. <laughs> it is not meant to be a monthly show. It is meant to be a little more often than that, but it is also not meant. It's, it's meant to be like when there's stuff to talk about with people, and today we've got a people. Um, Perfect. Really awesome people. Claire de Lune, <laughs> uh, from The Guardian, from Spotify, from Tiny Deaths. She's a musician. She's a basketball person. She's one of my favorite followers on Twitter, even though she can't get her own name on there, uh, <laughs> which is baloney. She's Claire MLPS uh, or MPLS. MPLS. Oh, I, they're going to make me keep repping Minneapolis forever because they won't give me the Claire de Lune handle. So. Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's funny because then you know you are a Lakers, you like the like the Lakers. Yeah, made that move. Yeah, um, well, I mean, it, it kind of made sense like when I moved to LA to start following the Lakers, just because of, I liked the symmetry of that we both moved to LA from Minneapolis. Like I thought that that was kind of a fun storyline, and then also LeBron moved to LA around the same time I did, so it's kind of written in the stars for me. And he's pretty cool, LeBron James. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I feel ambivalent. No, I'm just kidding. I'm obsessed with him. Um, he's my favorite athlete of all time. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna soak in every year of LeBron play, playing on my home team that I can. And if and when he leaves and retires in Cleveland or elsewhere, I will um, emotionally follow him there, but not physically follow him there. And, and you did get to cheer on a title team out of that weird yeah book. i got really lucky with my fandom in that i was started following the lakers and like literally two years later i think they won a title so mm-hmm. fandom doesn't usually work that way but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah i brought you here to talk about my favorite team um yes <laughs> the new york knicks who new york have knicks. been even relevant most of the time since i'm wearing a teenage mutant ninja turtle <laughs> it's a great um, shirt yeah. You can see, but the audience can't because it's a podcast. Uh, Michael Landry. Oh, yeah, medium. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they were good when I was a kid. They were regularly good, at least. I don't know. I've kind of given up on ever seeing a title. Um, yeah. It will have, you know, universe of all things being possible. Yes, the Knicks will eventually get back there and, and do it. But um, I was, you know, I, I was fired up two years ago they went on that run you know that was a fun year yeah um last year it all went to shit after the bing bong in Uh, true tom thibodeau fashion like the first year is really fun and good and then it's a very precipitous drop off after that that's generally how it goes with his teams yeah and this season this off season it felt like okay maybe things are gonna see there's you know donovan mitchell's out there he wants to get out of utah Mm-hmm. Utah's turning it around. He's, you know, they, they dumped Rudy Gobert. Uh, they're, you know, doing the Danny Ainge teardown. Donovan Mitchell's out there. Hometown guy. Mets fan. Orange and blue. <laughs> Needs to be a Nick. And then, like, I'm, obviously, he's now trading to the Cavs. And, and I, I wanted to ask you about this. We've been talking about talking about Donovan Mitchell for about a month now. Yeah. Um, but now that he's not going to be a Nick. Yes. Um, I have a reaction to it that you understand the NBA with greater clarity and context for the whole league than I do. 
I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Definitely true. You write for an international newspaper. I follow the Knicks and tweet shit about them when I'm upset. The Knicks specifically, yeah. Yeah. I um, mean, I was... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I love basketball, but, like, I follow the Knicks close. Like, it's, mm -hmm. I'm a Knicks fan first and the NBA. Like, it's a little bit different from the other Yeah. Um, well, as far as the Donovan Mitchell thing goes, you know, I have mixed feelings about it. I heard... My friend um, Minel Hassan was talking on the Levitard show a few days ago about a point that I thought was really valid that I haven't heard a lot of chatter about, which is that like he thought that the fit was actually pretty bad um, for Mitchell on the Knicks this year. And it was less of like a should we get him and more like can we get him conversation throughout. Um, you know, obviously he pointed out that Jalen Brunson, like a big part of why he wanted to leave Dallas and go to New York was because he wanted to he didn't want to play second fiddle to some a super ball dominant guard, which like, you know, obviously would have been the case if Donovan Mitchell had had come to New York this year and to not even give Jalen the keys for like even a season um, could have created some issues. And al also just like it's a lot of, you know, guards that don't play defense. <laughs> so that the fit, the fit was questionable, I think. And, and I think that that's something that Knicks fans can feel good about is that even if it was just you know, by basically shooting themselves in the foot in true Nixian fashion that Donovan Mitchell didn't end up in New York. Like it might end up very well, might end up being for the best that that occurred. I think the more troubling things, like they clearly wanted him, you know, in spite of all that, they probably tampered. And I mean, for sure for Jalen, maybe even for Donovan, depending. And mm -hmm. they didn't get the guy that they wanted. And, and even though he... You know, they, the Leon Rose, you know, headed, you know, brain trust works at the same agency that he's signed to, like all these things, they still didn't get the guy. And to me, the troubling thing is not, it's more of like, it's a symptom of a greater problem. Like the actual not getting Donovan Mitchell to me is like, honestly, maybe even a good thing. But like the problem is that it's such a mismanaged organization. And even when they really put their minds to something, even if a player wants to be there, they like can't seem to get it done. So to me, that's the greater issue is that like they can't get free agents for whatever reason, mostly because of incompetence, it seems like. I mean, I think the ownership has to do with it too. It comes yeah. Back. Oh, a lot to do with it. And it's it's funny because you're saying yeah, it's, it's a poorly run organization and, and all of that. And it's objectively true yeah and yet the feeling that i have is that this is the most competence that the knicks have had yeah the organization in that's a long probably time. a fair assessment yeah i mean the the, the bar is in hell for, the, for them so yeah. i would say this is the most competent they've been and you know like you said a couple years ago they were really fun they made the playoffs i would say last year could have easily been a repeat of that if julius randall had had a good year even in spite of the kind of Thibodeau second year curse. Um, but so I, I don't think it's like dire straits for the Knicks by any means, but I do think that um, they wouldn't be in a bad spot right now because they do still have a lot of flexibility and whatever the next big free agent is that, that becomes unhappy. Cause as we've seen in the NBA, it's kind of an inevitability that at some point throughout this season, like one or more superstars or at least like stars are going to be, unhappy and and demand out and the Knicks are going to be able to have the flexibility to do something about that but it's like what are they going to do when that opportunity presents itself like that's the question really and like to your point it is kind of an ownership issue at the end of the day 
So yeah, we'll that, that touches on something that I've wanted to to ask you about too, which is uh, to sort of you know me being the idiot here, just to sort of I have idiot things in my head, <laughs> and you know just I want to field test it with you. My my yeah. feeling on this is that the Knicks were in a no win situation because with what the trade wound up being. Like, they were either going to not get him, which they didn't. And mm-hmm. I'm glad, I, like, I'm I'm bummed that they didn't get him. But I'm glad that they didn't give up what the Cavs gave up. Right. Because it would be too much for them to give up in a trade at this point. I mean, they're lottery protect, like, they, they are not assured of not being a lottery team, even if they traded for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I thought that was interesting as far as, like, from Danny Ainge's perspective in Utah, like those Cavs picks that they're getting, I don't, I wouldn't feel confident if I were him in same with Minnesota, the picks he got back for Rudy Gobert, like Minnesota and Cleveland are two of the teams, even without those trades that I would say had some of the more promising young core, like futures in the league. So those picks aren't necessarily going to amount to a whole lot if they end up having those bright futures. Um, (laughs) No offense to the Knicks, although I, I assume some offense will be taken, but like Knicks draft picks are more of a sure thing in a trade situation. I would say they they usually do find a way to end up at the top of the draft. So I'm I'm kind of confused. I almost feel like less picks from a team like the Knicks would be more valuable than like a haul from a team like Cleveland that has like Evan Mobley, you know, who people are, I've heard people maybe a little bit of hyperbole, but like people calling him like potentially like, the next Bill Russell, you know what I mean? Like they, they have, he has a high ceiling and then you've got, you know, a a really good, relatively young core around him as well. So that was a little confusing to me, but um, I do agree with you that like, I don't think that the Knicks, I, 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 to a means point, like I think that they dodged a bullet really because this roster wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense. And like Donovan Mitchell isn't, I think he makes perfect sense for a team like Cleveland. They were a fringe playoff team last year. They have they have a lot of what they need. They have some really good defenders. They have size. I mean, uh, you know, a ball handling guard who really really likes to have the ball in his hands is kind of exactly what the doctor ordered for them. So I think that for them it makes sense to like take a big swing, push all your chips in the middle of the table. He's not a needle mover in and of himself, I don't think, and especially not with the roster that the Knicks have. So I think that it's probably honestly for the best that they didn't get him, but I understand why it's disappointing because he was one of those rare free agents that really wanted to be a Nick, which is rare. It's a it's a classic no win. Yeah, like, it is no win. I agree with you. Okay, well, I, I feel slightly less stupid for that. <laughs> no, but... I think it's true. I think it's true. I mean, I see it. I think people who really like understand basketball know that it makes sense that they didn't um, – sign him and they didn't you know give offer what Cleveland offered so in that sense I don't think it's fully no win because I think that like for example I'm giving them credit but I also know I think they made such a big show of wanting to get him that you know they could have just done this a little bit more quietly but that would not have been the Knicks I mean that would have been fundamentally diametrically opposed to what the Knicks stand for they don't do anything quietly for better or for worse and they can't because they don't do enough to make the noise on the court. Right. Um, and yeah. that, you know, that was a thing that changed two years ago. And Julius Randall, you know, the talking that he did was to say, we here. And, yeah. awesome. and I, I have that t-shirt. 
Um, you saw him in LA. Um, yeah. What, what do they do? Like, is he, is he the, the 2020, 21 guy or is he the 2021, 22 guy? Like, I mean, it's tough because his trade value is not great right now after the season that he had. So it's probably in the next best interest to wait. Cause I don't think his trade value would get a whole lot lower than it is right now. I mean, he had a really rough season last year. Um, it's probably in their best interest to see if he ends up somewhere, at least in the middle, even between those two seasons this year. And then unless he has another like amazing season, like it's probably worth having some of those conversations, but they did kind of throw the bag at him. So um, that puts them in a tough spot for sure. I don't think that contract looks great now. <laughs> so it at least it's not completely on trade up. No, not nothing is really in this league except maybe Russell Westbrook, but um, for much to my chagrin. But um, but yeah, I mean, no, it's definitely not an untradeable contract. There's, there's another bullet the next dodge is. Uh, I Russell mean, Westbrook. I thought personally, like roster wise, no, culture wise, I think he'd be a perfect Nick. I think that's like exactly what like Knicks fans want is like someone like Russ who's just like completely like like just blind confidence, um, like just plays hard every night, even if he's playing dumb. I feel like that's, Knicks fans love guys like that. He is finished. Yeah, he's done. I, I, someone asked me on another podcast if I thought um, that he was going to get another NBA contract ever after this one. And I mean, I said, how much he wants to play. Like, right. I said, I think that he would, could definitely get like a minimum contract. And then um, I was Ben Gall where I was talking to and he was just like, yeah, but I don't think he would ever play for the minimum, you know, cause he, he doesn't have the self-awareness to be like, that's what I'm worth now. And my thing is like, I don't think Russ would want to go out like on someone else's terms. Like, I don't think Russ is going to want to like be forced to retire out of the league. I think he's too proud for that. I could see him taking a minimum to like, quote unquote, prove himself again before I could see him like retiring in retaliation. Um, I just think that he's got too much pride to like be laughed out of the league. Um, so I don't know. But I mean, like. The also first- a guy that, like if it wasn't winding down, the, like if last year hadn't been such an outright disaster, he's it a guy so that he was playing in Europe until he was 50. Yeah. Like his dude. game doesn't age very well. That's his big problem. I mean, he has two big problems. Problem number one is like zero self-awareness at all. He has no concept or sense of the reality of who he is as a player, where he is in his career, like what he means to a team that he's on. Like he, He's like, he's MVP season Russell Westbrook to himself, like indefinitely. So that's the biggest, I would say, fundamental problem. The secondary problem is that his game is all about athleticism. Like that's his whole... That's everything that makes Russell Westbrook special is just his explosive athleticism. And that doesn't age well um, because your body does deteriorate over time and father time comes for us all and you can't be the most athletic guard in the league forever. And players like LeBron and like other players in the league that have games that age really well are able to adjust to their bodies and and deepen their bags and like find skills that they didn't have before to lengthen their careers and Russ is kind of just too stubborn to do that so that's the other big problem 
a million percent going to end up on the Knicks. Just be like, <laughs> they're gonna, yeah, they're, we'll sign him next year <laughs> once he's like really done. <laughs> Classic Hall of Famer, just totally washed on the Knicks. Yeah, um, that let's let's leave it on that and and on that note of optimism that I'll get to watch Russell Westbrook play every night. Who doesn't love to watch a legend? I mean, yeah, um, speaking from experience, it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite thing I've ever done. Yeah. Um, but this this has been not my favorite thing I've ever done, but a really <laughs> darn good podcast and a fun conversation. Like, I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass and say that, like, <laughs> our 16-minute conversation about basketball is the greatest thing in the history of the world. But I, it's fun. I hope we do it again. No, yeah, that was awesome. Um, and good luck with your Knicks this year. I... I think, like I said, there will probably be a disgruntled superstar sooner rather than later that will become available. So don't don't give up hope just yet. That is the NBA. Claire Deleuze, <laughs> um, where should the people find you? Um, well, I pretty much post about everything I do on Twitter. Uh, and I also just tweet a lot, for better or for worse. So if you want to keep up with what I'm doing, that's probably the best place to find me, at Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E-M-P-L-S. Otherwise, um, yeah, you can find my work uh, starting when the season comes back. I'll be writing with The Guardian again. Um, still kind of podcasting weekly-ish for Spotify Live. Um, and yeah, I'm just kind of floating around. Oh, and Tiny Desk, you can stream my project, my musical project, on everywhere you stream. Awesome. And I am rarely the person to say, like, that music got me through a really difficult time. But I told you that, like, it, I was having a tough time this summer. Yeah. Like, that's really beautiful. I mean, not that you were having a tough time, obviously, but that's just human. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the whole point of making music is, like, in the hopes that, like, maybe one or two people on Earth will have, have their lives bettered by it in some way. So I really appreciate hearing that. Claire, thank you so much. This has been episode two of The Elaine Show. Hopefully it won't be another month until episode three. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.